This podcast is brought to you by Bet Rivers. Download the Bet Rivers app from the App Store or Google Play Store. Must be 21. Available in Ohio only. Void where prohibited. Terms and conditions apply. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Sports gaming is provided in partnership with Dayton Real Estate Ventures, LLC, DBA, Hollywood Gaming at Dayton Raceway. If you're a tennis fan, you'll love betting weekly game bet match on the Bet Rivers Network. Whether you're a better or just love tennis, you'll enjoy the in-depth analysis each week of the tennis calendar. Subscribe to Game Bet Match today from your favorite podcast provider. You're listening to Betting Weekly Game Bet Match on the Bet Rivers Network. Hello, everyone, and welcome along to Wednesday's edition of Betting Weekly Game Bet Match. Last week, I wasn't able to be here. I was around in Dubai, enjoying myself in the sunshine. I've come back to England. It's minus three degrees. There's snow everywhere. But one thing that's consistent on here is I'm joined by the smiling face of the legend that is James Blake every Wednesday Talk Tennis. From a player's perspective, James, did you miss me? Uh, Of course. Of course (laughs) I missed you. You had a great Uh, fill-in, though. uh, Rory's fantastic. Rory's a brilliant guy. Yeah. Really, really good guy and knowledgeable about tennis. Is a, a very good journalist and knows his stuff through and through. So, uh, yeah, Rory will be doing a lot more of these as the season goes on. But uh, it was a great week in Dubai and Daniel Medvedev winning again. Three tournaments on the spin now for the Russian. Uh, obviously, the man in form heading into the big one this week in Indian Wells. What did you make of Daniel Medvedev last week? Well, I think it was really a statement, the win over Djokovic. Um, you know, winning winning a lot of matches is is key for him. Uh, we saw how well he could play on the hard courts when he won the U.S. Open a couple of years ago. Um, obviously so close to winning Australia then against Rafa um, and looking like he was going to be possibly the greatest hard court player in the game um, right now. And then that really seemed like it hurt his confidence. And it, now then the injury, the hernia, and now he's he's back. Seems like he's he's back to where he was. And I think a lot of people were wondering how we would fare against the way Novak uh, can play and has been playing. And that was a big statement, beating him um, in what seemed to be routine fashion. Um, I mean, I, obviously, there's a few points here and there always, but scoreline just four and four. That's a really, really impressive win. And unfortunately, we're not going to get to see it these next couple of events because um, Novak won't be, won't be able to play. But um for Medvedev he looks like the man to beat on hard courts right now and it'll be interesting to see how if he still has that kind of confidence uh come this summer hard court season as well yeah he's obviously the favorite this week for Indian Wells we're gonna come on to Indian Wells in a little bit obviously we talk about your hit record at Indian Wells your memories of Indian Wells and what it was like for as a player's perspective coming into what's arguably one of the most crucial times of the ATP tour calendar but just before we go on to that we're talking about Medvedev very slightly here I mean I always look from a betting perspective. I look at people who have won back-to-back tournaments. I think well, the third mm. tournament they could have run out of legs. You know, they're going to struggle a little bit. This guy's won three tournaments now, and he's he's, he's won one in Rotterdam, gone to Doha, one went to Dubai, run. Now he's got to fly back from uh, Dubai across. I know he's got an extra little bit of rest for Indian Wells, but um, from your perspective, when you want a winning run, when is it you look at a player and think, you know? Oh, my, I've got to fade him this week. You know, the, the, when does the momentum run out and the, and the body just say, "I've had enough here"? Well, I think I think the important part was there—the little bit of extra rest coming over to Indian Wells. Um, I think if it was if this tournament had started uh, for him yesterday or um, or even today, because he's got a couple more days, I think it'd be tough, uh, especially with that kind of travel. But 
this is going to be a, a sense for him, I think, where he can regroup, where he's got actual time to get the legs okay and to get used to the new conditions. Um, he's not going to have a great opportunity to play his way into the tournament because this first round could be John Isner, um, mm-hmm. who doesn't give you a lot of um, a lot of balls to hit, a lot of uh, a lot of long rallies. But um, if you can get through that one. I still feel like the legs will be there. I feel like the confidence will be there. Um, just as long as he likes the conditions. The conditions in Indian Wells are can be a little bit unique, um, different uh, than than Doha or Dubai is my guess. I didn't play in those, but it, it just seems like the those conditions in Indian Wells where the ball flies, but they do fluff up pretty quickly because it's it's kind of gritty. Um, some people love it, some people don't, and um, we'll see how he he fares with that. But I don't think the legs are going to be an issue if he gets through Indian Wells and <laughs> makes it to the last uh, last round there. Um, then maybe you'd say in Miami, you know what? That's that's a lot of tennis over the last four or five weeks. Yeah, an awful lot of tennis, and he heads to Indian Wells as the tournament favorite, a plus two hundred with Bet Rivers mm-hmm. uh, on on current form. You can't disagree with that. But he's ranked number five in the seedings, and it's a very very unusual draw. This year, there's no Novak Djokovic, obviously, as you, you touched on there. There's no Roger Federer, no Rafael Nadal. So that's, uh, it, it's, it's got a strange feel. It's like a bit of like a, the, the, who's going to emerge as the new talent. Holgaruna, Sitsapas, Alcaraz, uh, Sinner, Medvedev. Who's going to make their statement tournament here? Uh, before yeah. we look at the draw and break down the draw and give your opinion on it, we hear a lot about players... Uh, and so experts on tennis talk about the court conditions and talk about the different court conditions. You're a man, you, you, you've played this event many times, you know, your, your memories of Indian Wells, you, you can recall them from us in, when you get a chance here in a minute. But what is, what, is, what, is, what, what are the conditions here now? What are you, what are you going to look for? What, 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 is the, what is the difference between the Indian Wells court compared to other hard courts around the, the, the globe and in an American hard court season? Well, it's funny, all the times I played it, it, people would say it was altitude. And then you get there and, and it feels a little bit like altitude because the ball seems to fly, but it, there really isn't there really isn't much altitude there. It's it's just the um the fact that it's the, that dry air. Um and then what they do there, what I've since I've been playing there, the courts were pretty gritty. Um and they they kind of jump up. So actually uh, we're talking about Medvedev, his first round, if he, if he is playing John Isner, John Isner is is not a fun guy to play there because those courts, they really take the kick serve and jump it up quite a bit. So um, Isner's can be extremely effective there. I know he had a great run, I believe, to the finals there one year, and um, his serve was just jumping out of the place. And it's um, so I, I loved it because I felt like there was time with the gritty courts, but it also seemed like it went through, but it was also kind of fast because the, the ball flew a little. So I felt like it really... Um, it really rewarded the players that were aggressive. Um, so I, I loved that feeling. Um, and it's just, it's a little different because you're playing on what is essentially kind of a slowish court with, but it, but it feels faster. Um, I don't know if that makes a lot of sense, but that's why I think a lot of people struggle with it because they don't know exactly how to play. They don't know um, exactly the, what the conditions are going to be like. And it also changes quite a bit from day to night. Um, yeah. It's probably one of the biggest changes I've ever seen in a tournament from playing a day match when it could be 115 degrees um, dry, dry as can be, but 115 degrees sweltering heat to um, 50 degrees, 45 degrees at night where um, it can, you got to, I mean, change the tension of your rackets. You got maybe even change game plans a little bit because it's, it's quite different when it's playing. So um, when it, when it's so cold in the, uh, in the evening there. So would you say that there's no advantage for anyone in this draw? You know, it's a very wide open draw, as we see. You know, we, we've touched the players who aren't going to be here. Is there any sort of stereotype you said, this 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 kind of player would, would really thrive in conditions, or do you think it's really luck of the draw, wherever you're positioned in the evening session or the afternoon session? 
Yeah, I like the players that, that can be aggressive. That that um, with time can uh, are the, those kind of ball strikers that can that can really hit through the court. Um, so so I would. I mean, I think uh, Roger has done obviously extremely well there. Um, I, I hated playing him there because um, he he had that that ability to hit through the court. Um, Rafa, when uh, when I played him there. The ball did really jump and it forced you to adjust to him. I felt like because the ball's jumping off the court, off of his forehand side. Um, obviously not him there. Medvedev, it's going to be, for me, I'm interested to see how he does. But you look at a guy like Taylor Fritz and having so much success last year, he's a guy that takes kind of first strike tennis. He wants to be aggressive. Um, he can hit through the court, huge serve. And so I look for those guys that that have that risk reward potential. And, um, you know, whichever one kind of gets hot for the, the week and a half, I think has that opportunity to do well. Um, I think we've talked about the fact that there, there, this tournament has had a couple of surprise winners before, including Taylor Fritz. And those are the kind of guys that can just get hot. So um, I'm looking to see, like you said, who who's going to make a name for themselves now that you don't have the big three there this year. Yeah, Cam Norrie won it in strange conditions, obviously, the year yeah. after COVID. You've had yeah. uh, Dominic Teams won it at um, 180 to 1. I think it was the year he won it. And Del Potro. So the last four years haven't been won by your traditional kind of players. Uh, the draw is obviously absolutely loaded. What, what, you know, your memories here? How, how did you fare here in this tournament? Was it, was it a tournament that you, 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 you must have loved playing as an American player? But how did it fare for you? Yeah, I loved playing there. Um, you know, really, really fond memories for me. It was the first place I, I cracked into the top ten. Um, and then that same year is the year I made the finals uh, when I got into the top ten and and playing. You know, that was one of my my fondest memories. I, I think I beat uh, Tommy Haas on the way there, and then. Rafa and the semis at night, like I said, those conditions at night are, are very tricky and can be feel really heavy. So I think I don't I, I wasn't ever looking at odds back then, but I had to guess that my odds were very, very long to beat Rafa Nadal at night in those conditions and um, came out, played really well. And, and like I said, you have to adjust to him because he's he's forcing the issue, getting it up high to my back. And I was taking a lot of chances being aggressive and I got the reward. I was playing that well. And to turn it around the next day playing Roger during the day. I just remember the, the huge contrast of playing Rafa in the semis. You know, he's got the music blaring. He's running around the, the locker room like, a you know, chicken with his head cut off. Just, you know, so intense, so much intensity, so much enthusiasm. Like he's ready to play. He's he's like a caged tiger. He's ready to go. And then going out there winning that one. And then the next day coming in playing Roger. He's sitting there getting his ankles taped, same locker room. It looks like we might as well be sitting at a cafe, you know, chilling in Basel. Just he's, oh, how's it going? How's the family? What's going on? And I mean, then steps out on the court and is an absolute killer. Just crushes me. But uh, I mean, the two different mindsets they have, but both once they get out there, that focus, that intensity, that killer mentality was uh, was both there. But the the atmosphere in the locker room between those two couldn't have been more of a more of a contrast. So I remember that really well. And um, I just think it's funny that two great champions get to the same same sort of result um, in very different uh, preparations. I can imagine uh, Raf, uh, Raf, uh, Roger sitting there with listening to a bit of Mozart or Vivaldi <laughs> on his on his headphones there. On his... In yeah. them days, it wouldn't have been a, it would have been a, an i an iPod, wasn't it? You'd you'd, you'd be listening to a little of an iPod, I suppose. Guessing... Yeah, I saw well, someone with an iPod at the airport yesterday. Like you know, it must have come from a museum. Kids wouldn't no, know. Yeah, that's, that's dating ourselves, but I mean, yeah. I think it was past the the time of the disc man. I think it was iPod days at that point where yeah. uh, where you had one of those, maybe the mini, maybe you had the little one. Yeah, I saw someone at the airport listening to one, and then I thought to myself, my I haven't <laughs> seen one of those for many, many years with your iPod. Um, yeah. 
Well, we're talking about the, just talking about the players perspective. If you're coming into NACA, like for the home based players, for the American players, you've got two massive, massive tournaments. I know you're very much connected with the, the one in, in a couple of weeks in Miami. But um, from a physical level, from the players, we, we had the Australian Open. You come into the season, Australia, bang, you're in Australia, bang. Yeah. It could it, it could go one way or the other for you. You know, it, it hits you fast, your preparation. But now you've had three months of the season. You've got the French Open. You've got to go to clay. You've then got to go into Wimbledon. Now, now is I feel this tournament now is when the tennis season really, really starts. You know, forget about the Australian Open because it happens so fast. Would yeah. that be the kind of if you, if I was if I was a coach or if I was a, someone working in tennis, would, would you be looking at this is this is where my season really starts from now? Yeah, I really looked at these two events as as huge, um, important parts of my um, year. And I think for Americans, I think it's a different challenge for Americans and Europeans or, or, or um, non-Americans in general, because I think it's a slightly different challenge both ways. For the Americans, I would look at these two events as, look, I've got an advantage. A lot of other people might not want to be here because it's it's a week and a half. Then you got a little break, then another week and a half, some long events. So for a European, you got to be here for a month. And if you don't do well in Indian Wells, that means you're sitting around before Miami for quite a while and stewing and not being at home, not in your home country, not having your normal training routines. Whereas Americans, if you don't do well, you can usually get home uh, and you can take some time where you can where you can uh, prepare the way you want to. So either way, I felt like there was an advantage to any. Of course, you have the home crowd and most Americans are better on hard courts. So. And it's not like the Australian Open, where, as you said, you get one one chance. You know, you have a rough draw, you have a bad day, you you wake up, you know, with a stiff neck, or you wake up and you're you got a little you got a little cold and you don't play well. Boom, it's over. And now you got two big events, and you can do if you do well in one of the two, you can still feel like that's a win. I mean, obviously, the top players want to do well in both, but if you can do really well in one of these two, you can feel like that's a that's a launching point for your season. And so I always felt like as an American, look, this is a great opportunity where some of the Europeans don't want to be here. They can be frustrated. They might want to get home. And if you're a European or uh, or just a non-American and you can look at this as a challenge and say, hey, this is a long time to be in the States, but I'm going to make the most of it. I'm going to get some points out of this and feel like this was a, a worthwhile trip um, to be in Indian Wells in Miami and do some damage at two huge events in our calendar. So I felt like there were just different challenges. But as an American, I tried to look at it as I, I felt like I had an, um, an advantage and I could take advantage of that early on in the season and build up some points. And I think a lot of Americans look at it that way. Obviously, Taylor Fritz jump-started his year last year with a huge win. So, um, And now he's coming in at his highest rank. And it'll be interesting to see how he does, though, with the pressure to, to back it up this year. Also, I had an injury concern, didn't he? It was pretty sick on court against Tommy Paul in an epic game. Not the yeah. ideal preparation. But if you look at the tournament, just before we go on to looking at the odds and giving it out, you know, your opinion on who you might think might be winning the men's and the women's draw. Um, mm-hmm. When you, when you played this tournament, you know, from the, from a betting perspective and from a neutral perspective, we consider this to be the fifth major. It's quite funny because you have the fifth major going on in tennis this week. And you have the fifth major going on in golf with the players championships. And yeah. you check out the bet with us website and get all the odds on the golf as well as the tennis. Um, but from certain American players, they must, prioritise this ahead of some of the majors. And there's a lot of players here who've got no chance in the French Open. So this must be a really, really big motivational tournament, a really big, there's a big price money at the end of it as well, but yeah. big ranking points as well. Um, and do you, do you think that's an advantage? You know, you said it's an advantage to the American players. So when you're looking at like the outright winner and you're looking at potentially some match bets, do you think that that's where you want to be heading, looking for home-based talent here, especially in the first round, the second round, where... 
yeah. not so many first round, especially the first round, sorry, when it's not so many more established players who are trying to win to get to the right to play a, a top seed. Yeah, yeah, I think the early rounds definitely there's there's a, a I mean a home court advantage or whatever you want to call it a, a home home country advantage um, to playing and feeling like as you said there's there's a higher priority for some of the Americans on this than than the French Open or even Wimbledon because they don't feel like they have much of a chance of of advancing far in those events so this is your opportunity to have a, a big page a, a big payday um, also a big um, points increase so you can you can really solidify your ranking so. Yeah, I would I would look at some of those players that are that are guys that really focus on the hard courts and not that there's just straight hard court specialists anymore because um, the the court surfaces are so similar. But I still feel like there are some that know they don't have much of a chance on the clay and on the grass. So so this is their um, their third and fourth slams really um, between Indian Wells and Miami. Let's just give you a little rundown of the, the betting here on the men's singles in Indian Wells this week. We have Daniel Medvedev as the favourite, plus $2. Obviously, question marks around him. He's in great form, but you know gets into long games. Very tough potential first round, second round match against John Isner. Carlos mm-hmm. Alcaraz, obviously pulled out injured, plus $6 in his tournament before. Stefanos Tsitsipas also pulled out injured, plus $6. He's the number two seed. Yannick Sinner, I know you're a huge fan of the Italian. He's <laughs> plus 900. Taylor Fritz is plus 1,300. Was was sick on court in his last match against Tommy Paul. Uh, and also, he was 100-1 to 1 outsider last season. The pressure of being the defending champion, the 1,300 is a big Big, big difference between almost 10 times the price he was last time around. Holger Rune comes in with a bit of an injury concern at plus 1,600 as well. And they're the top six. So out of those top six, I'm pretty much thinking I might know where you might be heading with someone who I hear. Because <laughs> there's question marks about five of them. Uh, yep. Are, are you, you, you siding with the man you think might have the breakthrough year here? I think, yeah. I, don't, I, I think Sean Calvert has uh, already picked, picked him up uh, yesterday when we spoke on Game Bet Match. He was he said Janet Sinner is his bet here at plus yeah. 900. And, and I, I thought that Mr. James Blake might be thinking the same. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, like you said, you got the top six and they all have some concerns coming in. Who's the one that doesn't? And it's Yannick Sinner. Um, I think crazy things can happen there, though, as well. Um, if I'm going to pick, I mean, you're right. Yannick Sinner is my pick out of those top six um, for, for someone that can have, a, especially with the odds uh, the way they are. Um, if not him, I, I, although Holger Runa has a, the injury concern, I think he's a guy that, um, especially with the longest odds there, I, I think he's... Um, He's man, he's a talent that's going to come whether it's this year or next year or maybe even the year after. But he's he's on the rise as well. So um, if he is healthy, if if the injury concern, um, he, he can put that aside and he can be all right. Um, I like his his possibilities there too. I'm going to throw one in the mix as well. I spent it yesterday and Sean and and we spoke about this player so many times. He he won't be able to ride his bike to Indian Wells from uh, from <laughs> from London, but. Uh, I think Cam Norrie's a big price here at 3,300. I mean, he's won this tournament before. The conditions will suit. It's that kind of altitude. He's had a brilliant run on the on the clay season yeah. in South America. Only Carlos Alcaraz has beaten him. He did beat Alcaraz last time out in Rio, but it was an injured, really, you could have taken, yeah. say, 70% of Alcaraz's formula. So don't take much into it. But in in conditions that will suit, uh, plus 3,300, yeah. he's a man in great form I, I think he's got he's got a great chance he plays Berrettini potentially in the last uh, 32 Berrettini's injured 
Mm-hmm. So I, I, we, we we said about him. He, he, he's a guy who could walk around London and not get recognised. He's a he's a <laughs> former winner at Indian Wells. He could walk around there and not get recognised. You know what I mean? It's, it's, Definitely. Yeah, I think that's a great pick too, especially early rounds. I mean, whether or not you take him to win the whole event or just uh, winning match after match after match. I mean, he's a guy that seemingly you could just kind of place him into the round of 32 round of 16 maybe even quarterfinals and then then see how he's looking there and and he'll be somewhat under the radar by the time he even gets to the quarterfinals a lot of times so um i I like his chances as well i i really like his game he's a guy that you looked for to have maybe a a little bit of a of a fall off after his first rise when he did win indian wells a couple years ago but he really didn't um you know the guy just stayed absolutely consistent and that's uh that's an impressive uh feat mentally because it is it is really easy you see so many players have a little rise and then they drop quite a bit because they're not they're not used to that pressure and i think it's it, it may be a benefit to him the fact that he can walk through london he can walk through indian wells and not be recognized and go under the radar all the time it's just the way he's he's known his, his tennis career and now he's he's very comfortable with it and and winning a lot of matches andre rublev thought he could walk through Dubai without being asked for a selfie until I spotted him. And uh, yeah. and he still never you, smiled. You got that he, selfie? I didn't get I didn't get a smile from him. If I if I got a smile from Andrew Rublev, it'd be worth a lot of money on eBay. I'll be honest. Yeah. I never got one smile from him. It was unbelievable. I, I got my selfie of, uh, of him. Uh it was quite funny because I asked him to take a selfie because I'm like 50 years of age. I pressed the wrong button on the selfie and I could yeah. see him just look at me thinking this guy's yeah. a jerk, and uh, <laughs> he, let, he, he let me. He let me. He allowed me one more time. So I took a selfie of Andre Rublev. Uh, yeah. This with some matches tonight. Obviously, it's going to be matches that are going to be starting today in the first round. There's some matches. I think they're just about to go in play. Not far off now. Um, so we've got some matches there, which are going to be starting at two p.m. Eastern time. Check out the Bet Rivers website if you've got chances. That some of the later games, the big game. Johnny's there against Brandon Nakashima. What a great game that is! To minus one fourteen. John Isla, Brandon Nakashima is minus 108. The total games, which is where everyone's been heading there, uh, 25 and a half. We have Leheka, uh, who's been good form, but question marks about his temperate minus 314 against Rindenik at plus 245. But I suppose the only game I really want to ask you a little bit about is that game between uh, John Isla and Nakashima. That's a tough, that's a real tough game. And uh, John Isla's marginal favourite for this game, but the money yeah. with Bet Rivers in the build-up to the All-American Clash has come from Nakashima. Yeah, and Nakashima's been dealing with uh, with a knee injury. And so I think that's actually the big, the biggest concern out there. Um, Isner, you know, he's he's later in his career. He's, he's towards, uh, definitely towards the, the later stage and towards the end of the career, more close, uh, closer than the beginning. But um, I think those conditions really favor him. He's going to be able to get the ball out of the strike zone of, of Nakashima. I know Nakashima beat him at the Open a couple of years ago, but um, I, I like Isner to get through this one. Um, it's, I know he's just a slight favorite, but I, I would take that because I think he's um, in those conditions. Um, he's comfortable out there. He's playing doubles with Jack Sog. He's going to have fun there. I, I think he's in the right frame of mind, and I think he's um, I think he's going to get the get the win there. And Nakashima has got to really get healthy, um, and that's that's going to be big for him at this point in his career because he's right around that that ranking point where if he makes a push, he could start getting seated at slams. But if he has a couple bad months, he could start you know, really getting out way out of that range and start uh, flirting with the is he getting into the the master series or not kind of kind of level. So for him, it's important. He needs to get healthy and, and then get get some wins under his belt. Uh, John is definitely the the call there with the conditions and could set up a mouth-rawsing second-round tie against tournament favourite Daniel Medvedev if he beats his fellow countrymen uh, later on this evening. Check out the Red River site. As I said, there's a huge amount of uh, bets on there. 
I think it's about 20 different markets on those games. Uh, one other game, Jack Sock, who was against Berre, plus 138. If you listen to um, what uh, James has said, the American players he feels has a much more incentive to do well against the European players. Uh, Sean Calvert has already picked that uh, yesterday at plus 138. The price is still plus 138. So one of the best prices in the industry, uh, Jack Sock to beat Berre is, uh, is a pick that he likes. And I'm sure that... Uh, James will, will will back that up as well. Um, very quickly, James, I know I know you you, you push for time this afternoon, but um, just appreciate your time as well. Just to quickly look at the women's, uh, Igor Shrontek, uh, she started off plus one sixteen, not a surprise. She's plus one forty. Um, the question mark really is is can she can she bounce back from a loss against Barbara Kajikova? Mm-hmm. Um, Yesterday, I said she could. She's got a very very easy draw. She I can't see her not getting to the semi final. She should get to the final. And it's a question about who's going to get through the bottom half, which is absolutely stacked. Mm-hmm. Igor Shrontek at plus 140. If she didn't get beat by Krujikova, she'd probably be minus 110, plus yeah. 100. At plus 160, it proved too much for the betters. They got him at plus 160. Plus 140, do you see any dangers for Shrontek betters? No, I think it's I think it's a good play, and I agree. I think if she had, if she had um, beaten Krajikova, the odds would have been pretty crazy. But I also think that's why I talked about it a couple of weeks ago. I think with you, maybe it's a blessing in disguise that she mm-hmm. she lost that match. That the the pressure isn't as much on her. That people are seeing that she is human. It's possible for her to lose, but you know it's also not that likely. You know, she the, these are the, the a lot of the matches she's going to play are kind of matches where she's going to win them nine out of ten times, or you know some of them even even more than that, forty nine out of fifty times. But there is that one time she's she is going to lose. It's gonna it's gonna happen. But um, here at Indian Wells, I, I take my chances with her. Um, I think those conditions suit her well. She's obviously won it before. She's um, she's got you know she knows she knows how to play in those conditions, and I think. She's uh, a player that can play super aggressive as well. Um, and when she does, she's going to get rewarded there. And I, I like, um, I, I really like her. And like you said, it, it looks like she can comfortably move to the semis. And then um, from there, you know, she's she's very comfortable in later stages of tournaments now with the success she's had the last few years. So I like her chances. Plus 140, I think is totally reasonable. I don't think it's, um, I don't think it's taking too big of a risk to go with, uh, to go with Sviantec. I think if she wins her first two games quite comfortably, as you expect her to do, she'd be minus money very, very quickly. Obviously, Igor Shrontek's record this season, winning set six, love six, one. It's an angle that I always like to look at. Have a look for that. There are some big games again on the women's, which are overnight and to to, to this evening. So check out the Bet Rivers website. But just before you go, James, I want to get what your uh, thoughts, you asked your thoughts on a big all-American men's clash between John Isler and Brandon Nakashima. The closest match on the whole of the Bet Rivers website is a women's game tomorrow at one o'clock Eastern time. Sloane Stevens against Sophia Kenny. Minus 112 each player. Mm-hmm. Bet Rivers cannot give a winner. I can't give a winner. James Blake, <laughs> we ask you to give us the winner of this match. Man, this is so difficult because these are these are two two of the you know somewhat enigmatic players on the on the women's tour. So the funny thing is, I think it's it's it really is such a toss up, such a coin flip. But it could also be a two and two match because if Sloane Stevens comes out playing at her absolute potential, she's such an incredible athlete, a great mover, a good serve, um, unbelievable defense. She's she's so good, and Kennan is just mentally so tough as well. If one of them just is a little off or a little out of it. The other one could just take, take off and roll. So man, it's going to be tough for me to pick someone, but I'm going to go with Sloane Stevens. Uh, I just think her um, athleticism, her ability when she's playing well, she can play defense. Well, she can turn that quite turn that right around and play unbelievable offense. So um, as long as her head's in it, um, I like her upside a little bit more. So I'm going to take her, but 
it, it really is a that is a toss up. That's it's going to be a fun one. That's one I, I would love to just sit and watch because anything could happen in that one. Two massive games in the men's and the women's draw. All-American clashes on the men's side and all-American clashes on the women's side. Uh, what is a fantastic 10 days of tennis action in California at Indian Wells. Uh, Mr. James Blake, thank you very much as always for joining us. I really appreciate your time. If you want to follow us, you three ways to follow us here on uh, Bet Rivers. You can follow us on our YouTube channel, which is at the Bet Rivers Network. Give us a, a, a subscribe there. Give us a comment. Give us a like and review. You can also download us on your preferred podcast provider at Betting Weekly Game Bet Match. We're gradually going up the charts on the Spotify charts. We've hit number two in America. We want to be number one uh, by the time Miami starts. So give us a download on that. Give us a follow and give us a review as that. And also, you can follow us on our Twitter page, which is at Because We Win. It's our Twitter channel shared by all the fantastic handicappers we have on tennis. We have uh, soccer all across Europe and also a fantastic sports whenever we do as well on the big events that happen to you to make you earn some money. James, thank you very much for joining us again. I will speak to you next week. Uh, big week with tennis and please remember to gamble responsibly and keep following. Take care. Thanks. Thanks for listening to betting weekly game bet match on the bet rivers network.